Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. We are back with another episode of Boots, Balls and Bras. Nancy Baker, you got the call up again. Really enjoyed you on it last time. Hopefully <laughs> you felt the same. How have you been? Yeah, good. No, I'm buzzing. I got the call up again. Good to... International Week and all that, yeah, 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 National Week, call up, love it. So obviously this weekend, you know, fixtures Man United against Arsenal, or Arsenal Man United, should I say, and Chelsea City. So top fixtures in WSL. We're going to start with the Chelsea Manchester City game. Um, We both were at the game. I was working at it, and Manchester City beat Chelsea, and that was the first time Chelsea have lost at at, um, Kings Meadow in over three years. And also, I think, uh, I can't remember what the stat was, but it's the first time they haven't scored at Kings Meadow in a long, 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 long time. That's crazy. And to do it in a game that's that important as well, they're probably kicking themselves even more because they know the importance of it, especially with the additional fixtures and stuff that they got. They need to get all the points they can while they've got more legs, essentially, in terms of like fitness. Exactly, exactly. That that game was for me, whenever Chelsea play at home, even if they're poor, which, you know, we heard Emma Hayes <clears throat> sorry, say after the game that she didn't think in terms of the levels her team delivered were up to the standards that they're used to. But even when Chelsea deliver or, or perform like that at home, I never expect them to do anything less than get a draw. So I thought at least minimal, bare minimal, they would have got a draw out of the game. But I don't know if you agree with me. In terms of the stats, like Chelsea have 60% possession, Chelsea have more shots at goal, more shots on targets, more passes made in the game, more accurate passes. But I actually felt City were the better team. Certainly in that first 45 minutes in terms of how aggressive they were in and out of possession, yeah. I think really stifled Chelsea in that first 45. And obviously it led to their goal. I don't know if you agree or your thoughts on I Man 100% City. agree. With the first half, for me, Chelsea just weren't in it. And I was so surprised about that. Like, I think I was sat with a couple of uh, players, friends and family, and we were just saying that it just looked like, as much as it's quite a cliche, that City wanted it more mm-hmm. in that first half. Um, second half, I did feel like Chelsea sort of they had a kick up it. the bum. Yeah. yeah, had a bit mm-hmm. of a kick up the bum and they wanted it a bit more and there's a bit more about them. But City City was just there. Like for me in that game, Bunny's a target player, isn't she? Like mm. Bunny was in that game though. Yeah. Whereas when City played Arsenal the the week before... For she me, like, she was so quiet. Mm. She was taken out of the game, mm. essentially. And it's hard to take Bunny yeah. out of a game. So, like, on Friday night, she was she was in her prime. Like, Kiara Keaton played a blinder. Mm. Like, she's absolutely smashing it at the moment. Um, Chloe Kelly had some bright green boots on, so she was just, like, zooming on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but Bunny Shaw, that's actually her first WSL goal against Chelsea. Is that a surprise to you, given the amount of goals she scored in the WSL, especially in the last two seasons? Yes, she's a <clears> goal <throat> machine. Like I just assume I'm kind of in that mindset of like 
going into a game, Bunny's just going to score yeah. every game. Like, she is a goal machine. I love seeing her score. I think she's such a fun player to watch. Like, I'll watch her move with the ball and it looks like she's moving in slow motion. Mate, she's, she's like, not. you're right. You know what I was looking at? It's like, you know, like when people try to go, to, it's like, she's like, move, like, get off of me. Like, yeah. as if to say, like, don't touch me. She's too strong, right? But she got muscled a few times in the Arsenal yeah, game last week. Lot but with a it's funny watching, watching her play. It's like she's moving in slow-mo, but she's not. And it's just, it's her world and no mm. one else is in it. Yeah, do you know you know who's been a little bit of a surprise package? Obviously, Manchester City had the injury to um, Jill Rod, and yeah. in replacing in replacing her, Jess Park, so a young English talent that's come through. Now, I, you know, I've been hearing and reading a little bit that she's been in really good form, and I was I was excited to see her live. I worked with her with the under twenty threes, and she's got bags of talent and potential. And I've always questioned whether she can do the off the ball, but actually, it was her. Her pressurising Erin uh, Cuthbert that led to the goal that Bunny Shaw scored. What did you think on Jess Park's performance? I think for me, Jess is always working hard. She's such a quick player as well. Mm. Like she's one of those players that you struggle to keep up with. As you say, she's young. So she's also got so like the legs for it mm. being young. She's got that. But she's exciting. Like her development that she had at Everton, she really, really pushed on. So now that she's in this Man City side, when she does get a call up and she needs to perform, she's yeah. able to because she's had that that really key development at a team like Everton. And now, like, if you put Jess in in a lineup, you don't think, oh, she's going to mm. struggle here. I think she she knows what she has to do and she's prepared to do it as well. She's a brave player. Yeah, D definitely, definitely with the ball. I think obviously that time at Everton and getting that exposure to play in WSL weekly and regu more regularly has certainly helped her move back into this Manchester City team and obviously now she's getting a good run of games and yeah as I say her form and especially in that Chelsea game against a good Chelsea midfield I thought she was a standout but there was a moment in the game and I'm not all my listeners that say I'm a Chelsea biased <laughs> whatever whatever there was a an incident between Alex Greenwood and Ramirez inside the box yeah. what was your thoughts do you think it was a penalty or do you think it wasn't a penalty I'll be completely honest. From first look, I was like, nah, that's not a penalty. As in watching the yeah, game. Yeah, live. I was like, nah, that's not a penalty. At halftime, we went inside and they, they had the game on so we could see the halftime mm. replay. And they they showed, I think, about three different angles, angles which is very, very useful because mm -hmm. in one of angle... doesn't look like no, no, Yeah, in <laughs> one angle, I was like, nah, still yeah. not. Then they showed the next angle. I was like... Maybe. <laughs> Stand corrected. No, I, after seeing the replays, I mm. did genuinely, I was like, oh, actually, yeah. you got a point there. I, I, I thought it was a pen. Yeah. But as I said, on first look, in, in game, I was like, it's a great tackle from Alex. Like, I back Alex for a tackle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, her performance as well, the way yeah. she led the line, I think she's been phenomenal. But I do think <laughs> on that occasion, if the AR was in our game, which I'm glad it's not, it would have potentially been a penalty. It certainly would have been looked at. There was contact yeah. there. What have you, like, obviously we, we, we found out quite early in the season or Emma Hayes is, is, is leaving Chelsea, obviously moving to do the American national team. Do you think that's disrupted that Chelsea team a little bit or do you think that, you know, they're still the dominant force within the game and there's been no disruption there? I think naturally it will cause some disruption because it's not a small thing, is mm. it? It's, it's massive and I think it's caused disruption within football in England like yeah. for me when I actually deeped it that Emma's leaving England yeah. and gonna be out in America mm. coaching I was like that's a massive loss for us over here like it's massive and okay. I didn't really settle into that straight away so I don't have any connection to Emma so yeah, imagine yeah. all the players and the girls that do mm. how how long she's been in the game obviously with Arsenal beforehand now at Chelsea all yeah. that she's done like it is a massive loss but these girls are also professionals I don't think, as much as it 
may or may not affect them. I don't think it's going to be the be all and end all of their performances because they are professional athletes. Yeah. I'm hoping not. I mean, they might and they're great players. They're great yeah, players. They are. They're a great team. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Having a great manager does help. Like you'll know this yourself. But on Maybe the pitch, on. it is down to what the players on the pitch are doing at that time. If if I'm not wrong, right? Yeah. No, I I, I agree. But I I don't know. Like sometimes I think even when you know when you're in a team and you know that a player's leaving, mm. you kind of you know, there's talk around it, things, behaviours change a little bit. And I just wonder, like, and I know Emma will be as professional as she can and, mm. and try and keep the group that, but, you know, things do change. And, you, you know, she definitely has one eye, you know, on the on the Olympics in the summer, for example. And, yeah, I wonder how that is affecting the players. But there was rumours that Chelsea have apparently made contact to offer Leon head coach, uh, Sonia Bonpastor, uh, an offer to replace Emma Hayes. Now, I don't know too much about her. What I do know is she's the only female coach in the last 15 years to win the Champions League. So that already in terms of like, you know, there's no other female coach that has won the Women's Champions League. That's what Chelsea she's wanted won to do domestic as well, leagues. Do you think that would be good, a good move for Chelsea? She's a, she's a great coach. We know that. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot about it. The main thing that I did see when I saw a little like post on it is that I think there's a buyout clause for mm. her or or something. So it would be a really big move for Chelsea to also have to buy her out of her contract, if I'm not mistaken with that. I, I don't know. Like, would If you were a manager, would you leave a Leon to go to a Chelsea? Potentially. I think, you know, and I think... The, the reason why I say that is because Leon have been so dominant and obviously Chelsea have here under Emma Hayes, but, yeah. the, you know, in terms of their league and, and a fresh challenge and something different and challenging yourself. And she yeah. was a player herself and obviously played in the French leagues for many a year. So maybe challenging herself in a, a different country, which is, you know, to be classed as a great coach. And I think, you know, it's part yeah. of the reason why Emma's wanting to move because she wants to be remembered as, yeah. as somebody that, you know, delivered greatness wherever she was. And, it could be, you know, and Chelsea's a massive club yeah. worldwide. So I think in terms of that, I think it could be, a, um, it could spin her head for sure. But but we'll see, as I said, it's only uh, speculation. There's and, been so you know, many names been though, hasn't there? Like from That's the what last I mean, time it's gone we from like, it went from like Casey who completely then signed a new contract. Casey Stoney signed a new contract that was ruled out. That was last time we, yeah, we, we were, were talking. Together, yeah. and, um, oh, I can't remember the other one. Um, the Icelandic coach. Laura Harvey, sorry, that was there it, we go. Laura Harvey. So yeah, they were the three that, you know, we kind of had heard and seen. But yeah, this one's come out of the middle of nowhere. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> There'll be another name in a few days. Play, I know <laughs> how that plays out. We've had a few fans' questions uh, based on the game. And you mentioned it just before. It says, if Chelsea fi is Chelsea's fixture schedule going to catch up, up on them? And will they drop points in a WSL? So they've got eight fixtures in March. I think the most out of any WSL team. Obviously, that includes uh, Champions League as well. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Naturally, more games, the more tired you're going to get. Mm. Like if you've if you've got more games, it means more work. It means training sessions. Like the the schedule is going to have to adapt quite <clears throat> quite deep, isn't it? Emma, you know, on that because I we got asked this the other day. Emma always says that her team they like games, a lot of games. Yeah. Now, I, I my my reply to that <laughs> on Friday night was, well, this is going to be telling because you've said all along you like back to back games and and less training in between. Yeah. Now you've got a heavy fixture list in in March and. And travel as well is also included in that. in that as well, right? Yeah. Do you think that will impact the WSL, given the fact that both Arsenal and Manchester City are not in the Champions League? Yeah, because there's more games, so there's more there's more being taken out of them. Mm. Whereas, as we say, City and Arsenal have that little bit extra time to recover, re like regroup, mm. sort of get together. But we always say that more games, more risk of players 
tiring out. Yeah. But then that's where rotation comes in and that's where rotation's key and utilising players in X, Y, different games. So say, for example, if you've got a a Chelsea against a team where they would be more, you'd mm. think it'd be more of a comfortable win. You bring in those players who maybe don't get as much minutes, but are still more than capable of doing a job and doing yeah. it well. So I think the fact that Millie's injured and obviously Sam Kerr's out yeah. for the season, I think that that will heavily impact what happens in March for Chelsea. I think with those two fit and the squad that they have, mm. I would say their squad depth and rotation, and obviously they've lost, um, help me please, the Canadian midfielder that's now gone to America to play. Yes, What's Jess Fleming. Jess Fleming, there you go. And they've also lost her. Yeah. So Jess like three key player players though, within yeah. that squad are now not available. And, you know, Millie Bright, we haven't heard anything in terms of her return. But I think that March with those three players in the squad might have been able to manage it a little better. But we have another question. Is Kiara Keaton's England future number one? and Or does Hannah Hampton have more of a chance? This is such That's an exciting question. That's based off the game, question. I reckon. Yeah, this is such an exciting question because, mm. again... I was literally sat having this conversation, talking about Kiara, talking about Hannah, um, their age gaps. Mm. So we've got two really exciting goalkeepers. Kiara is absolutely like in her element at the moment. Hannah is a very, very good goalkeeper. Her distribution is yeah, unbelievable. Um, I actually think there's room for both of them, but this will obviously be a time thing where maybe the likes of a Hannah will get more time where she's that little bit older and she'll step into it a mm. bit quicker. And then... Well, you know, like, we, like we, we're talking that and we completely forget Ellie Robot. Like, if she gets a team and starts playing consistently, I really she's want still Ellie very young. Just be... She's still really young. Yeah, like, Ellie is a great goalkeeper. I just don't know. Like, I, it's weird. You just don't see anything of her. You're not hearing anything at mm. the moment. So she's not even being selected for England because yeah. she's not being selected for... Yeah for our team but I don't know how she can be written off I don't think she should be yeah. but it's one of those like we're not Serena we're not Gareth like mm. and whatever manager may be next for her if she goes somewhere else but Han yeah Hannah and uh, Kiara is so exciting like I do think how long do you think their waiting time is? <clears throat> well Mary Mary at the moment she's she's the best isn't she? she's literally the best in terms of awards, I, yeah, I in terms Mary, of uh, yeah, in terms of the awards, but you know, like I still think Mary's got a good. So you think Robox twenty four? We just said Hampton's twenty three, and, and then Kiara's nineteen. So that that like in terms of that pack, in terms of the future of goalkeeping in England, is very good. And then you have got pl but players in the twenty threes as well, yeah. like goalkeeper. I mean, I know there's we're jumping, ahead. we're jumping ahead. There. That's very good. But I'm saying with Mary, does there become a point where if your team's underperforming, mm. which Manchester United, we're going to move on to them because we're going to talk yeah. Arsenal, Man United which means then you're conceding a lot of goals. Mm. How does that then impact you internationally? Because yeah. if Kiara's playing at Manchester City, they've conceded the least amount of goals. And in saying that, she's pulled off some unbelievable oh, yeah, saves. 100%. Same with Hannah Hampton. Chelsea don't concede that many goals. Yeah. At what point do you go, okay, club form is going to impact your international? Yeah. Or because we know how good Mary is, does it not in impact her when she goes to England? Because we've obviously seen it in the men with um, Pickford, sorry. At Everton, when I Everton actually could have answered that question, you know. That's why. When Everton were fighting relegation last year, mm. Southgate still stuck by him because yeah. he knows what he can deliver at yeah. international. Is it, is it a case with Mary, at the minute, it doesn't really matter about club form in terms of conceding because yeah. Man United are conceding a lot of goals because we know what she's capable of delivering for England? We always say, well, I always say, like, England selection should be based on individual performances. Whether that is true or not, that's kind of... You also need them to be able to work in a team. I, I get that. Mm. But when you're looking to select players, you are first and foremost looking at their individual performance, right yeah. or wrong, right? Mm -hmm, for sure. um, so I do think 
she is in good light with Serena, which yeah. makes sense because she's a good goalkeeper. But when she's got the likes of Hannah and, and Kiara on her back, they're getting called up. Mm. They're they're in and amongst it. But does that mean they're going to get time. playing time? We'll see because it's International Week and they have two friendly fixtures this week. So friendly we'll see. being the key word. Yeah, friendly. And they might get chances. So we'll move to Arsenal against Man United. This happened on Saturday. They had a sold out record-breaking 60,160 fans attend that game. And we don't. We always say, or not us, but, but people say, women can't sell out stadiums. Well, they've gone and broke a record there and had a sold-out Emirates Stadium. So, again, I've said it before, when they broke the record a few months back, that whatever work's being done at Arsenal, you know, teams need to try and replicate that in the WSL because it's phenomenal work, mm. you know, in terms of the marketing to get fans into stadiums, packed-out stadiums and... You know, years ago, we used to think about free tickets that used to be handed out just to fill the stadium. These are these are tickets that are being bought. So magnificent work being done there at Arsenal. But the Arsenal lineup, there was three like, obvious uh, changes within the starting lineup. So Russo was benched, Ford was benched, and um, what's the goalkeeper now? Zinsberg was yep. benched. So to replace them, they we had uh, Lacasse come in for, for Ford, Blackstinius in for Russo, and D'Angelo in for Zinsberger. Yep. What's your thoughts on those three subs? And do you think it was like, were they forced on him? Were they forced on Jonas? Or do you think there were statement um, changes in the team? I was happy to see subs get um, mm -hmm. called up to like start. Yeah, I think she's really starting to prove herself and mm -hmm. she had come into her own even more and getting that opportunity, a massive, massive game, not only against who they're playing, but the the whole event of mm. it being sold out at the Emirates. I think that'll give her massive yeah. confidence. Um Lacasse is just absolutely flying at the moment, isn't she? Like the Arsenal, f the Arsenal fans absolutely love her. Mm -hmm. They love her. I, I like her. I like her a lot. I and think I she's... think that's helping though. Like yeah. they chant her. Her her chant <laughs> is in my head twenty four seven. But I did say with Russo, I think she's a ninety minute player and not an impact player. Yeah, I like to see Alessia having a lot of game mm -hmm. time because I think she builds into it. That's just my personal yeah. opinion. I, You know what my thought on that is? That like, I mean, watching the game, it's like there's some real good strengths in Black Stinius. One of her strengths isn't coming and linking play. She's not somebody that holds the ball up well. Russo does that better than anybody in terms of linking that play and holding up play. I always wonder <clears throat> how... Jonas can get them both playing closer together on the same pitch at the same time. Mm. That's something that if I was, you know, not, not that I'm ever going to be Arsenal manager, but if I was, <laughs> you, you know, on the coaching team as a manager at Arsenal, is trying to find a way you can get them both in the pitch. Because as I say, I thought, look, they won the game quite convincingly against Manchester United. Three no at half so time it looks was not like on the cards. The changes were very good, mm. but it's not to say, for, for me, Russo has to start in that team. And I know she's not somebody that scores, but in terms of her overall play, I think she's, you know, certainly been a real positive for Arsenal this year. But one thing I noticed in the game that I've not seen from a Man United team before, when I look back to last year, how well organised they are. And Mark Skinner's teams have always been really well organised, certainly at the back, don't concede many goals. He was the same when he was at um, Birmingham, when I remember him there, really organised. I felt like, I don't know if you, you were there, so it might look different live. Arsenal got in behind that Man United back line way, way, way too easily. It was it was quite odd watching the game. Like as I said, I didn't I honestly wouldn't have put 3-0 Arsenal at half time. Where we were sat, I was in like a really nice community base of like women's football fans yeah. and like people who actively watched the games and were there. And we at one point we all just looked around and we were like, what is going on? Mm. Like they were breaking through and breaking them down so often and hence why the three goals. Yeah. But it's just like 
how is this happening? Mm, because you know what, Arsenal. For I me, just didn't expect it because, at, at half time. I don't know if you'd agree or, or not. And, and as I say, maybe live games always look mm. different. And sometimes when you watch on TV, I wouldn't say in that game in particular, Arsenal were at their best. It was it a flattering scoreline? No, because I don't think Man United were very good. But yeah. in terms of like how easily they got in behind that back line, it doesn't surprise me that they'd scored the goals that they did. Because I mean, Beth Mead hit the woodwork twice yeah. in the game as she's, well. She's, it, was, it looked so easy for Arsenal to break down his Man United team. Yeah, Man United weren't Man United. They, 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 don't, they haven't looked like... You know what? I, I, Man United my, fans weren't happy. I messaged my friend who's a United fan yeah. and she was like, if I speak and I was like, yeah, let's leave it like that. But it's like, I actually predicted that you know, United, because given the form that they've had and the form Arsenal lost away at West Ham, they lost at home mm. to, to Manchester City. I thought they're going into this game a little bit deflated. Uh, deflate, deflated? Deflated? Deflated. Deflated. Yeah, there we are. Deflated. I thought they'd be going into this game and Arsenal, uh, Man United are coming into the game mm. with a little bit of confidence given the results that they've had in scoring goals. But it looked the complete opposite. I completely forgot it was at the Emirates and <laughs> we know how well Arsenal play when they're at the Emirates yeah. with the fans behind them. So my prediction with that one, for that one was wrong. But... Golden didn't start for Man United. Was you surprised at that? And you know, you know what surprised me actually that we don't really speak about too much in this United team. When United play against top teams, in my opinion, you need Lad to play in centre mid. I don't know if you agree or you don't agree. On Golden, I just think he's a really valuable player. Mm. So for me, she would always be making my my starting eleven. Like I really, really do rate Leah. Um, Hayley Ladd, again, she's like a workhorse player. Yeah. Like, for, she work Disruptive. and work and work and work. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Because yeah. she's working yeah. and working and working. She's tr always trying to break down, always trying to win the ball when she's on the ball. she's She comes on and she makes sure that she's doing what she needs to do and she continues to work at it, mm. which is so valuable in games like that because you can talk like a, a Hasegawa. Yeah. She is also a workhorse. Calm, yeah. do, do you know mm. what I mean? Like, it's the mm. work rate which... It rattles players. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. You know what I was thinking, and look, like, it's really difficult when you when you watch from outside in, and you don't want to speak bad about people. Whatever it is, we have to at times. We have to give an opinion of what we think. But there's definitely, in my opinion, been a mentality shift within this Man United team. I also think I know that like every week we get people calling calling in. They don't call in. We're not a calling <laughs> show. <laughs> Texting in and be like, "Oh, Mark Skinner needs to be sat. Mark Skinner this. Mark Skinner that." I'll be deadly honest with you. This Man United team, mm. on paper, when I look at the list of names that are in their squad, they're not your world-class players. They're not players that I look at and go, she can get into Arsenal, she can get into Manchester City or she can get into Chelsea. There's a lot of players on that team there that can't get into those top three. So I think Mark was right in his interview and in saying that like, we are competing with those three teams in terms of financially trying to get players in mm. that then, then can compete because I wouldn't look at that team and think that if I was wanting to compete for the league or for example compete in Champions League there'd be a lot of those players in that starting 11 that for me aren't good enough to compete on that level really 100% it's hard as well because it goes back to like budgets and stuff doesn't it like of course what, what but look how big Man United are as a club you're telling me they don't invest I don't you, you never know what happens behind closed doors really do you know what I mean like, but they just did 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 they get a fee for Russo? They sold Russo. Did they get a fee for her? Did they not? I don't know. Am I wrong? I don't know. They're gonna say they, if it's a budget thing, right? No, she left on a free. Okay, so that's it. Because but they could have got five hundred thousand for her in the that was yeah the January, that was the right? big thing. They could have got a similar fee from 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 Mary. So if it is a budget thing, in my opinion, mm. right, you're gonna lose Russo anyway. <clears throat> so in the January, you knew you was gonna lose Russo. <laughs> Yeah. You probably knew you weren't going to win a league. You could have pushed for the league and you knew that you were going to get in Champions League. You probably weren't going to, you know, beat Chelsea to the, to the WSL. Why not, if it was a financial thing, 
don't you sell Russo in, in the January? Get some money so that you can bring money in to bring better players in so you can compete the following year. Because you're going to lose Mary, in the, potentially going to lose Mary again in the summer on a free. Yeah. And we're going to say the same thing. How are they going to replace her? What money have they then got to go and buy a world-class goalkeeper to, to replace Mary Epps? I, I get it. Like, when you're looking at it on that, you're thinking, why are they not going and why United not getting money? But then it also goes, they need they need them. They need them as players, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, but they're only going to have them on the short term. They're only going to have them. So, Russo, we always... I, I get that. My point was... Oh, it's a hard one, isn't like it? Like, for me, I understand it. If you're a club that goes, well, we don't need the money because we're going to be able to get X amount of money in the summer anyway to, yeah. to reinvest in the squad. By all means, you keep her because Russo was a valid part. They lost a budget. Didn't get anything for her. Yeah. So comes back. I, I understand. I, I understand saying. that you think we need to we need to get Champions League because it's good for our profile mm-hmm. and whatever, right? You've lost those players without any money, but then you're moaning or you're or you're you're not moaning because Mark Skinner doesn't moan. He wasn't moaning. He was just saying that like we don't have the money in order to compete with the likes of Chelsea, Manchester City, yeah. and Arsenal. So my point is, if you don't have it, but you could have got it in in January, you Why can aren't you, you could have got it in yeah. this January. And then you can rebuild your squad because you need they, they need the, the back line for me is poor. And I know I know Millie, Millie Turner and I know uh May Letizia, I know they were both the centre halves last year when they competed and pushed all the way to the end, and we obviously know that Hannah Blundell was, but those three, considering and obviously Mary Epps, they've only lost Badge in that back of five. The four of them, like, they're just not performing the same way. One player can't literally and, and if it is it's it, it blows my mind to think that losing one fullback in that whole back five, I'm talking the back four and the goalkeeper, yeah. can make a back line so disjointed in a space of a short period of time, yeah. four or five months. I don't understand. One player Especially has come out of that back so line. Or other that back well, five. Yeah. One player's come out of it and they're so disjointed at the yeah. back line. Yeah, something. Which tells me then either the one player was carrying them or they're just not as good enough to consistently perform at that level. Yeah, it's a bit. And when probably, you put, when probably, you put it like that, they're probably your mate, so you probably don't want to say. But no, this is no, my, I'm, this is my it's just of the them, way. Because I'm like, how can you, how can you be the same back line but one player out, and then be that much worse a season later? No, you. The way you're saying it, I'm just sat like, you're making sense. I get it. It's crazy. The same, the same midfield. It's like the, the only thing. Golden's the same out there. Nikita was and Garcia. They've only lost Russo in the nine. Yeah. It just it just doesn't make sense how a team can collapse the way that it has, and that's what I, and I and I use that word collapse because they don't look a, a shadow of the team that they were last year. Yeah, it's when you say it like I'm actually thinking about it. It's like oh man, Liverpool Liverpool are two points behind Man United. Yeah, that's crazy. In fifth, so they potentially could be fighting out Man United for that fourth spot. So from going wherever they finished last year to now, it's exciting for Liverpool. Of course, it is. But yeah, that's my little rant about my <laughs> Little rant. No, I'm then. <laughs> I was going to say, can Arsenal find some consistency now, given that performance and result against Man United, to really push Chelsea and City for the title? Because now there's only three points in it. Chelsea are sitting top on level yeah. points with um, City. With City on 34, and Arsenal are sitting in third on 31. Do you think they can find some consistency and really push? I think they play Chelsea on the 15th of March that's and Man City. Bridge as well. That and one. then they play Man City on the 5th of May. The Lo- I know I keep going back to the London City Lionesses game, but they obviously won that, which will give mm-hmm. them... Com- winning games always gives confidence, doesn't it, realistically? Mm-hmm. Um, then winning at the Emirates will give them big confidence. Yeah, I think they just need to knock on and keep keep 
trying to win and and that's obviously what they want to do it's not like they're going into games thinking oh we might just settle for a draw today or Mm. we might actually take a loss today no team is going in and saying that but I think there's a point as well where Arsenal fans were just getting frustrated with the performances from their team Mm. and there's like what's what's going on with our team there was loads of shouts about Jonas as well within that from the Arsenal fans to say you know is he the man to to take them forward but we won't ask that question today (laughs) but we have two fans questions one of the questions from an Arsenal fan was, do you think D'Angelo now starts the remainder of the WSL season ahead of Sinsberger? I think she's pulling together a case to start. Even though like, she did that but, wild, wild tackle on the Nikita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he has, he's rotating, isn't he? They've got, what's the name? Who did they sign? Who's the goalkeeper they signed? The French uh, one. Um, go on. No, this is so annoying because her face is literally in my head. We'll Buhadi? Buhadi, there you go. So you know when you get something They've signed right. her, so when she's available to play, as soon as she's available to play, she she's has been, to play. She's been at games, hasn't she? Yeah, she has to play. She must be injured. Because if she's available, she's got to play. I can say I'm unsure if she's injured or not. I'd, so she's available? I, d- I haven't seen anything I'm surprised to say that, that she's she injured. So if anyone can available. help me out. Mate, she's available. Jonas, when are we going to see her live in action for Arsenal? So that would be my number one choice over both of them. But... We'll wait and see if she gets there. Sabs is building a case though, but mm. Manu Manu obviously signed that extension. Yeah. So it's not like, I don't think she's signing an extension if she wasn't under the impression that she was getting Oh, she'd definitely be. Do you think, know what I mean? I think, but, I think she's a valid like, part decent, of the squad yeah. for sure. But And then the second question that's come in, when is the right time to be critical of a manager? A lot of Skinner out and Jonas out fans question. So we've had a lot of people, as I just said there, Every week we get Man United fans message us, you're too nice to Mark Skinner, he needs to be out, he's not doing enough, da 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 And recently, with the, the form of our Arsenal, it was, how was he offered a new contract, Jonas needs to be out, blah, blah, blah. What's your thoughts on both of them? You're always going to get that though, aren't you? You're, no one's ever going to completely agree. No one, as in everyone, is always going to be on the same side of in or out. There's always going to be people who want a manager out. There's always going to be people who Mm. want a manager in. And if you're not performing, well, your team isn't performing, naturally, people are going to be like, right, it's time for a change. Yeah. Well, they've got... So Man United, so for for Mark Skinner, they've got... um, They're out of the League Cup. They're out of the title race. And they've got a fifth round away fixture against Brighton. If they don't get to a cup final, they finish outside the top three and they don't... Whatever, not, they're out of the, not, not a good year, is it? In terms of, will Man United look at Mark Skinner and question whether he's the right man to move I think they'd forward? be incredibly frustrated because they're, they're a team that are pushing for success. That's always been what, mm-hmm. what they're about when they formed their team, when they was in the championship. Like Their aim was to get into the WSL, which they have, and then they've built on in terms of where they wanted to position in the WSL. So for United fans, and I'm sure for United as a team, their aim is to get better yeah. and better so if they're not going to be picking up any form of silverware or get into mm. finals I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's, it's going to cause irritation, isn't it? Naturally, course. because you want you want to win. You play football to win. Same with Jonas in terms of excuse me. They're out the Champions League. They're out the FA Cup. They're in the fight for the league. Mm. Whether they can build that consistency. So, yeah, we probably haven't answered the fans' questions because I always think give managers time to try and build. And obviously, second season, obviously, Mark and last season was it took his man. I think they I think they punched above their weight last year in terms of where they got to get into a cup final and obviously finishing in the top three and qualifying for Champions League. And I think they really struggled this year. But as you say, the spending probably hasn't been there or been spent in the right way. But we'll see how that moves forward. Probably didn't answer your question, guys, but... It's a hard yeah, one to it's answer difficult though, because who's gonna it? One, who's going to replace them? And I think Mark, I think both of them, Mark and Jonas, both very good managers, good people as well. I that personally you want And that, that I would want in the women's game. They're people that you genuinely want and they genuinely care about our game genuinely care about players and the growth of the game and stuff like that so they're people that I definitely want within the game but as you say I know when you're at the big clubs you know it's pressure, trophies it? are, are expected fans expectation especially given how well they did last year but we'll round up that's the roundup of you know the top four in terms of the fixtures so the results from the weekend was Chelsea nil Manchester City one Arsenal three Man United one Brighton nil Liverpool one Everton two West Ham nil Spurs one Villa 2. Did you see that Jordan Leicester goal? 5. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that. Leicester 5 and Bristol 2. So, so many goals. You know, you know, you know, one stand, the Liverpool Brighton game, obviously the, the manager went from Brighton um, crazy. Melissa, I was thinking, what? When they got to the When first, I saw like, that, honestly. I, that, I was like, was a, that was a terrible. shock yeah. for me. And they probably they haven't picked up results off the back of that. But if you saw that game, the risk that Brighton play with, I don't know if you saw the goal from uh, Holland, but they played with too much risk and then obviously Sophie Bagley gives that you know loose possession away and then they, and then they scored that goal but Liverpool ended with with 10 players on the pitch because she ended up picking up a second yellow Holland and, and getting sent off so I did get a notification about that I didn't actually get to, I watched yeah. some of the game not all of it I didn't watch the back end of the game but the bit of the game that I did watch the first thing I noticed this is irrelevant to the actual game itself mm. it, but the side of the pitch was horrific. And I know... Yeah, I, I think, yeah, but we, I, know, we I know, know Brighton's pitch yeah, is not great. But that they that's can. something that I picked up on, yeah. which is really random. But I was like, surely that's not going to... Uh, it's just not great mm. to look at. But yeah, I only saw a little snip out, snippet of that game. Um, and then I was driving home or something and I saw the red the red card and I was like... Because yeah. it was late in the game. Late in the game and it was a second yellow. It was a clumsy challenge and then obviously a second yellow. But... Yeah, I I don't know if you agree, but we just said it there. Melissa Phillips being sacked. I genuinely did I, not see that coming. In my in. mind, I think it. I mean, I mean, I think they're safe. We can we can sit here and say that I think they're safe moving forward. I think you know, I know they're like five points off Bristol at the end of the, at the bottom of the table, but I do think they're safe. And I, in terms of the coach that Melissa is, in terms of building a squad, it wasn't going to happen overnight. And I don't know whether Brighton thought with the investment they put in, they wanted better results quicker sooner mm. it takes time and I think we've seen in, in the past when you give coaches time what they can actually build so I don't think that helped them but Everton finally picks up a win at home in god knows how long 
and they beat West Ham. Obviously, West Ham coming off the back of that, you know, brilliant win against Arsenal the week before. What did you? Do you have any take on that? I didn't actually get to watch that game. Of course, you didn't. I did. A, I watched three games this <laughs> week <laughs> and a bit of the Brighton Liverpool one. It's hard to watch all the games, no, you know. For sure, but look, big three points for Everton. Obviously, I was surprised though. Ninth. Like I did think the game West would, have would been, be better. Yeah, but like mm, and, they're and so inconsistent off, off they? the back. Um, but they are playing playing away from home. Yeah, big travel time. I tell you, what was a bit of a shock result. And you can you can big up Jordan's goal as much as you want. <laughs> it was Aston Villa beating. Spurs 2-1, my opinion, a big shock in terms of where the, both teams are at at the minute. But we saw Jordan Nobbs' fantastic strike from the edge of the box. We also saw the Thierry Henry the celebration. Yeah. Do you know any info as to why that celebration was done? I know that you're in there with a villa lot, so you might know why uh, she no, decided dropped, that celebration. Drop someone a text. Uh, can you tell me why? I don't actually know why, but obviously Henry links to Arsenal, Jordan, yeah. Arsenal. Maybe she just thought little, I don't know, yeah. on the spot. She brushed people away, it. like, let me do yeah, my celebration. Yeah. She really wanted I, to do I the feel like maybe she planned it, like, she, yeah. I don't know, had she it cooking. Um, but, yeah, saying that the Villa's first goal, yeah. uh, Leon, was it? Yeah, I'm the toe sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think that was going in. I was so surprised that went goals. in. I love them goals. But I genuinely didn't, because mm. she had quite a few players on her yeah. as well. I, when that went in, I was like, oh. I think okay. sometimes when you take them so early and the goalkeeper's not set and there's no backlift, really difficult you know goalkeeper would have been blindsided to that so but I was really shocked that that went in so Jordan's goal coming to the end of a contract do you think she signs a new contract in the summer at Villa or do you think this is the end of her season at Villa I don't think it would be the worst thing if she did I, I don't mm -hmm. and you know what? I actually saw Jordan at the West Ham Arsenal game and I went up to her at the end of the game she was just sat there by herself and I was like okay I actually think she started to play with a bit more confidence mm -hmm. so I think I'd seen her play the day before that game um, I went up to her and I was like hi Jordan I think she knows who I am so I don't mm. think she would <laughs> I think <laughs> could be wrong no but I went up uh -huh. to her and I was just like look I just wanted to say I think you played really well yesterday and it looks like you're playing with confidence mm. and I just wanted to pass on like the message that you look like you're you're playing more confidently mm. at Villa and it's really nice to see yeah. because I, I don't think I'd seen that in a while if I'm yeah, being completely yeah, yeah. honest and then watching the Tottenham Aston Villa game I actually went to tweet Jordan's playing with a lot of confidence. Mm. I didn't tweet it out and then she scored. scored the goal, she scored yeah. that goal. But it was just that like knock-on effect of like, mm. I do genuinely think she's playing with she's more confidence. And mm. when you're confident as a player, I say, I say this all the time. It's like one of my go-to lines, but I wholeheartedly believe when you're playing with confidence, mm. you're happier. Much, yeah, for sure. So I think if that confidence stays and she... I would assume stays happy. I think she's happy at Villa. Like I think the, she's got like a good group of friends there, except I'm guessing. Yeah. So I wouldn't see why not. Yeah. I don't see it as a bad option to extend with Villa. We will see. Time will tell, guys. But that's the roundup of the WSL. So we said there, mathematically, Arsenal are not out of it. They're three points behind the top. Mm -hmm. I think, although saying it, Manchester United and Liverpool mathematically aren't out of the title race. But I think in terms of the points you have to make up, I think it'll be difficult for them to catch. Who do you think wins the league? I'll be honest with you. My heart's telling me Chelsea. My head's telling me Manchester City. I think I'd agree, you know. Like, I'd, I've my first go-to is Chelsea, but then City beating Chelsea the other night. Like that, that, they're just consistent. They just, you know what? With Bonnie City, Shaw's top goal scorer. In so and out of possession, they found, a, they found a way scoring. to win game City. And I just, yeah, when we interviewed Alex Greenwood after the cup game against Arsenal the other mm -hmm. week, 
she was just talking about the shift in, ment in, in mentality and the way that they go into games yeah. now thinking they can win every game. With Chelsea having a lot of fixtures, my heart would want Chelsea to win and give them the best send off, but my head's telling me that City might do that. Um, City want like as when I've been watching them play, they want yeah, it. They like want they it. go, as you Let, said, the mentality they're going for it. Let's go for fourth. I know it's outside of the top three, but do do you think Liverpool or Spurs can or will take Man United spot in fourth come the end of the season? I think Liverpool have more chance than Spurs. So we think that could be a potential. And in the bottom of the table, we said, obviously, West Ham and Brighton are five points off the drop. Yeah. Bristol are sitting in six points at the bottom. And obviously, West Ham and Brighton are 11. Do you think Bristol have a chance of survival? Or do you think it's doom and gloom for them? I think they will struggle to stay up, unfortunately. Would, yeah. I'd, I'd, it's hard, isn't it? It goes back to being able to bring players in budgets mm. like how can they compete with the likes of even like a united liverpool tottenham like leicester are, leicester are doing all right yeah they're doing well they're safe like, how they're safe you, yeah but they're safe but like <laughs> yeah. when you need when you're coming up from the championship you need to be able to bring those players who can also level up and produce in yeah. the in the wsl in the in the like the league and the jump the jump is it's a big. jump oh yeah it's massive so I, I think Bristol are down. And it's not a thing to say they haven't got good players or yeah. they haven't, they're not working towards it. It's just that you do need to level up with coming up. Mm -hmm, it, it's just how it works. Otherwise, you're, you're going to fall, fall to it, aren't you? Agreed, agreed. Well, that rounds up all the WSL for the weekend. But during the week, we had the England uh, squad announcement for the up-and-coming friendlies. Uh, no surprises that Leah Williamson was included within the squad as she's been back playing for Arsenal. But as yesterday we've seen, or Sunday night, we've we seen that she has withdrawn from the squad with a minor hamstring injury and Millie Turner to replace her. What's your thoughts on, on Leah and, and the injury? If she's injured, there's no point of her being in the squad, naturally, because she's injured. Mm -hmm. So she's it's not going to benefit her. I actually saw something. I don't know if you've seen it as well. Something about ACLs that when someone has their ACL operation, apparently they take skin Somehow, from yeah. the from the hamstring, uh -huh. which then sometimes has will impact on. the injury. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I probably should read up more on it, but I found that really really interesting. Yeah. And then someone said, "Would this does this mean that Leah is now going to be more prone to a hamstring injury? Not just Leah, yeah, other yeah. players who have also well. done the yeah. ACL." Um. So yeah, I I think Leah getting selected a lot of people are very happy about it. I think mm -hmm. being uh, the England captain as well you you were kind of half expect it because she is the captain yeah yeah um, and she was back playing and getting into and, the and routine. you know what she come back in both of those games I thought against West Ham I thought in that 45 minutes really held that back line together and then obviously the Manchester City game I was a bit like she's only played 45 minutes does she need to be on the pitch as long as she is I was kind of sat there with Alex Scott saying is she allowed to play 90 mm -hmm. minutes is she should she be playing 60 because Sometimes you can do too much and obviously your muscles fatigue quicker. Yeah. You, you know, she's been out of the game for a long mm. time and coming back. I don't know if she played a little bit too long in in that Manchester City game, but I wasn't surprised that she was picked. One, as you mentioned there, captain, but also I think her performances and given she'd only played two 45 minutes plus 80 minutes, I think it was, um, I thought she looked like she hadn't been away from the game. That's how you know well she come back and as composed as she did. But do you think there's a lot, of expectation on players that return from ACL injuries to just be back ready to go again? I don't think there can be with a injury like an ACL. Mm. It's not it's not a little thing. 
it's a really big it can be career changing yeah like it's a can be can. a career changing injury so i think most people wouldn't expect a player to come back from an acl and straight into it yeah. how they were beth mead because they <laughs> she just come back like a machine but yeah I but think... there is a building up process it's mm -hmm. even you've got to think the mentality of after doing well unfortunately getting that injury even stepping back on the grass or kicking a ball mm -hmm. I don't know what runs through players minds when that's they're going through that yeah. sort of step by step so for people to expect them to be straight bang on it and be able to be where they left off I'd, for the the normal player I don't think that's ever gonna happen because it's a big injury like there's a big chunk of time that you're out so and you have to build back into it it's like any injury yeah. you have to build back your especially your confidence yeah no, I agree. We've got so obviously additions to that to that squad. Jess Park was called back in. I think given her recent form, uh, understandable. And then under twenty threes are also in camp. Do you think Serena will be having a look at some of those under twenty threes to bring across to seniors? Maybe even if it's just you know dipping into training or not. I hope so. I hope she'll go out and look at. Well, she'll obviously be busy. Yeah. But I'm not saying she's just there for, but I do hope she will like tap into Bring it and have across, a look. Yeah. But I don't think she she ignores players when she's out and going to games. So. Yeah, no, I think they're in the same camp. So I yeah, think no, they're, they're at yeah. the exact same so place, I'm, I'm same hotel and hope, everything. I know when Hope used to be in charge of England and like she would take a bigger squad. So she'd take some yeah. under 23s at the time. We didn't have a 23 squad. She'd make her squad bigger yeah. in order to give opportunities for them to train. So do you think... Oh, like actually to, like point, yeah, pick them out and them take out. them into yeah, their Yeah, so session. today you'll oh. be training with, with the first team, for example. Do you think that it's, a, it's an ideal opportunity for her to go to some of those 23s, a little taster, this is what, you know, the difference in levels mm. and, and bring some in. Do you think it's an opportunity for her to do that? Do you think she will? It's a great opportunity to do it. If she does, is a completely different story. Like, does, Who do you think she might take from there? If she does. It'd be nice to see her given Aggie an opportunity, yeah. Aggie Beaver-Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the first one that comes to my mm -hmm. mind, like just off off the top, top of your head, it. Yeah. Um, but then, because Aggie's playing with some of the best, in, well, training with yeah, some of the of best, course. playing up against some, agree, some of the yeah. best. So like Aggie for me would be, that'd be nice. Like obviously Somebody Aggie and Grace, Aggie, Aggie yeah. and Grace play together, Aggie and Jess mm -hmm. play together, uh, that sort of age bracket. So mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't, I'd like to see it. It'd be yeah. it'd be nice because again we go back to they're only friendlies, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, the games shooting. are friendly, so mm -hmm. there is that scope to do that, or there's less pressure for them to. Obviously, they still want to win, yeah. but there's less like if they lose this game, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. out of this or this mm -hmm. isn't happening. So they have got well, she's got the scope to sort of be like if she wants to, she can, and obviously she's the England manager, so if she wants to, she can. This is true. So those pictures you mentioned, the friendlies, we've got Austria. So the Lionesses face Austria on Friday the twenty third, and Italy on Tuesday the twenty seventh. Right, we've had a few questions. We'll, we'll go through a couple of the questions. Um, do we see a lot of rotation? Kara Keaton, does she get minutes? That was one of the questions. We'll just run through them. What's Serena's best starting eleven um, against Austria? And always a question that England fans always ask is who should start in a nine? So I've rolled three into one and we'll answer them. I would, I'll, I'll give my opinion, then you can give yours. I think Kiara Keaton should be given minutes. I think we need to see at senior level. Uh, and I think she can. I think she's, you know, capable of, of taking that pressure on and, and delivering. I think she's in great form going into camp. So I don't think that would be a problem in giving her minutes. I will always say Russo is my number nine uh, in England. Um, Rachel Daly's missed the last couple of games anyway through suspension mm. um, and the best starting 11 the best team to start Keaton in goal 
Lucy Bond right back, Lot Wibbermoy right side centre half, Alex Greenwood, Charles left back, uh, Kira Walsh in the middle with Lauren James and Frank Kirby. I'm going to go Chloe Kelly out on the right, Lauren Hemp on the left, and Russo down the middle. Wow, strong team. And my, my sub would be in that game. I'd bring Grace Clinton in into the 10, whether that be for Lauren James or, or for Frank Kirby. I'd have that as a planned sub. I'd probably plan sub <laughs> plan it as sub. taking uh, Kirby off. And my plan, my other planned sub would be to bring, uh, sorry, Beth Mead in for probably Chloe Kelly. They'd be my two planned substitutes. Grace is such an exciting player. Mm. She really is. And I'd and they do plan subs, you know, in friendly. So just so you know, <laughs> that, like managers do plan subs. And even Hannah Hampton coming in for Keaton, there'd be three planned subs I'd make. I'd, yeah, <laughs> so will we see a lot of rotation? Like Kiara Keaton minutes. I, I think we've also, we've already touched on this. Yeah. I think because they're friendlies, there is room to see mm-hmm. Hannah and Kiara get some minutes. Yeah. Even if it's like a, with the two games, Kiara gets the first 45 mm. and then Mary comes in. Yeah. And then next game, Hannah gets the first 45. I, I think there is room to do it just to see, yeah, yeah, to yeah. see how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, li- I like I like Russo for England. Mm-hmm. I do. It's nice that we do have options, but it yeah. is it is nice seeing. I think she, when she's playing confidently and she's in the mix, as I said earlier, mm. like I, I like to see Alessia having a longer amount of game time. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, I I wouldn't say no to less. Mm-hmm. Right before we go, we can't finish the pod without asking, and I've already given my opinion on this. <clears throat> Should Nikita Paris have been in that England squad? I've already said it straight up. Yes, you talk about, you know, sometimes you go, you know, stats, but the stats don't back up their perform, her performances and the stats are backing mm. up each other. And I do think on many occasions, players have been selected based off of that. And you know, it does raise the question, what makes Nikita any different? You know, she's now performing. She's got stats to back that up. Is there reason that she couldn't have gone even as a a squad and made the squad, you know, even bigger? Because people say, who's she going to replace? It's not about replacing when you're in a training camp. You could have added one extra body to to that camp and you could have seen her in and amongst the squad again. Yeah, you said and, Hope used to do it all the time, right? Yeah, Hope used to take 28-player squads. And, you know, I know it's a lot of numbers, but it's it's about Managers are allowed to do it as and well, right? Of course they are. And we know, we already know Nikita's character. Is it a case of seeing her around the group again? Because she was around the group when she wasn't playing. And that can be difficult, mm. you know, as she matured from that. Is that one of the reasons why she hasn't been picked? Who knows? If it's down to performance... She's performing regularly now in terms of stats, assists and goals. Mm. She's certainly up that level. Um, I think somebody that I think she's somebody that definitely should have gone with yeah. the squad. I was as well as a lot of people. So when the squad got announced, I did like a post of the three first things mm-hmm. I noticed and asked people what was the first things yeah. they noticed or looked for. The f- naturally first thing that people said was that Leah was back and then a lot yeah. followed by that Nikita wasn't in mm. the squad. And if it... People always say, oh, it's not about an individual, it's about how they play as a team. But uh-huh. you you do look at what an individual is doing yeah, for yeah. them to get their opportunity. And as you said, she's she's doing everything on the pitch mm-hmm. in terms of performing. Yeah. She's doing right. I think someone tweeted like, Nikita Paris must play golf. <laughs> 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 but because she's just getting overlooked. It, yeah. She's working hard. She she's I performing. Agree. So there's other players in that England squad that aren't currently in form or producing the same levels they were producing a season ago or a year ago, whatever. So you could raise question marks. Is it about form? Is it about what they already know that they're capable mm. of doing? And I think sometimes that's a difficulty as a fan. You look at current form. And yeah, is it like long-term on, well. on, on current form? And sometimes selection is based on what 
you know, managers and coaches know mm. they can do when they're reaching their maximum potential mm. in that squad. So, yeah, I mean, question mark. I mean, guys, tell us your thoughts on the Nikita. I know it was a week ago since selection, but let us know your thoughts. The other, there's two questions. Should Lotta Wibamoy be starting for England? I think she's probably the most informed centre-half at the minute, she along with Alex Greenwood. So between her and she? Alex, I think they're England's most informed. And we know that our regular starters in Millie Bright and Leah Williamson are both injured or out injured at the moment. So should she be given an opportunity to start for England? I think so, yeah. I What I like about Lotta, when she plays, she plays. Like she mm. puts her all into it. Like she she put her life on the line, which is what, what you want, mm-hmm. especially for a player in her position. Like she, she'll give it her all. And if, if you're performing, you should be given those opportunities. We go back to the games being friendly. I know we keep saying yeah, it being yeah, friendly, yeah, no, but friendly. It, it's the perfect opportunity for rotation and something new mm-hmm. and players to step in and get an opportunity. It is literally the perfect time because there's essentially nothing to lose. Yeah, agreed. Now this is a funny question. A good question to finish on <laughs> before we wrap up the pod for today. Would you rather be a manager of a club or a country and why? <laughs> My answer is going to be so unserious. Depends what kit's better as a manager. Oh, that's awful. That's <laughs> Depends awful. what training kit's better. What kit? Nah, I do love a kit to be fair. Um, I think country, you know. I think I think that's to be able to say you're you're a manager. Like, I'm English. If I was to be the manager of England, I yeah. think that's like incredible. Do you know what I mean? Agree, agree. There's, there's for, for me, it's different. I've seen the work that goes in day to day as a club co- a club manager. Mm. The the amount of hours, time, every everything, efforts mm. that that go into making everything right in a club team is incredibly hard. <laughs> incredibly, you know, it can become draining over time. And we've mm. recently seen Klopp say, you know, he needs a break. And I think as a club manager, that can happen. But in terms of having day-to-day contact with players, building relationships, that's something that, you know, I also really enjoy yeah. being on the grass every day with a ball. They're the really enjoying parts of being a day-to-day club manager. Yeah. The benefits of being a, country, a manager of a country, I guess that you get to pick the best of the best. You know, so, you know, it's down to you to select the best 23 players within the country and, and build a team together and a culture that really suits. Um, and, and and again, you probably go away once a month. So you've got a lot of planning time and mm. preparation time um, so that when you are together in the camp, it rolls as smoothly as it can. Obviously, yeah. there'll be some barriers that you overcome or things that jump out on you that you didn't prepare for. But having worked with the 23s and knowing the preparation that goes in before every single camp. Yeah pretty much when you get into camp things run so smoothly yeah. whereas as a club manager it's constant happen isn't every day it yeah. and you, you've got to adapt on the spot and so they're, they're two completely different roles but yeah probably managing England one day would be nice um so that wraps up BBB for this week thank you for listening thanks Nancy for joining me again really enjoyed it um hopefully when we do it next time Chelsea are sitting top of the table <laughs> points clear and not just on goal difference but thanks for listening any questions guys make sure you send them in Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.